millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield. And this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Hello and welcome to episode 197 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. And before we start, a big thank you to our Patreon supporters, without whom we would not be able to produce this podcast. If you like what you hear and you think you might want to help it grow, you can go over to the Ministry of Arts Instagram profile. You'll find a link tree drop down box. Um, you can just click on the link there and that'll take you to the Ministry of Arts Patreon page. And you can support the podcast for as little as £3 a month, which is pretty much a cup of coffee, right? But if you don't fancy doing so, that's absolutely fine. This content is free for everyone. Kersler Arts Freedom Exhibition is still on at the Royal Festival Hall, and it's curated by none other than Ai Weiwei. It's a properly powerful exhibition, and I very much recommend it. Well, today's treat we've got in store for you is Annie Nicholson, a.k.a. Fandango Kid. She's a designer, uh, installation artist, storyteller. She wears many a cap. And in and around the time we recorded this podcast, Annie was about to take her Fandango skip over to Manhattan, just in front of the site of the Twin Towers. The reasons for which you'll find out in this episode. But as the name may give away, it was an artwork created in a skip in collaboration with the Mighty Skip Gallery. And it was in conjunction with the Lost Project, which you'll also hear more about in this episode. But before I take you to meet Annie, I just mentioned the Skip Gallery. I absolutely love the Skip Gallery and everything it bloody stands for. It's run by Catherine Borowski and Lee Baker, both of whom have guested on this podcast. Catherine talking about the Skip Gallery was episode 104, and Lee talking about graphic rewilding, which was episode 123, and they are partners in both. And before I introduce you to Annie, I think it's only right that I mention we do speak about the loss of very close family members 
and the grief thereafter. So with that in mind, please come and join me over Zoom as I spoke to Annie Nichols, aka the Fandango Kid. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard to get, like, everyone's just so busy at the moment, but yeah, all good. And are you busy at the moment? Yeah, I am actually. Yeah, we, we're going, we're taking this, um, this last installation to New York. So it's just really just trying to plan that. And it's really um, tiring, actually. But <laughs> yeah, it's really like, oh, my God, I definitely don't have like a producer's mind at all. <laughs> <laughs> really yeah. tedious, so really hard. So yeah, yeah, it's really like... Yeah, you look you look at things and you go, oh, that that'd be all right. I'll just bring that into me practice. But I know. Yeah, that's that's why there's a job title, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I haven't actually made anything for a really long time. I've got this, so I've got an open studio happening. I'm not just like here's <laughs> you're just showing <laughs> off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've just had to hang this up for tomorrow. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So just I don't know. I'm just feeling like. Yeah, quite tired by it, but, but it'll, hopefully it'll go all right. Where is your studio? It's in Peckham, isn't it? It's in Peckham, yeah. Whereabouts is that? Uh, well, I know where Peckham is, but I mean, where, whereabouts in Peckham? Yeah, it's in the Bussy building, actually. So it's it's just, um yeah, just opposite the station. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's good. Yeah, I just moved. I've always lived north and then I moved south um, like mm. two years ago. Yeah, it's been quite a shift, so... And and how was it? How was the move? Hard, really weird and hard. And I didn't really want to, I didn't really like want to move actually, but I just, yeah, needed to, I don't know, just wanted to get rid of my place at the time. Um, so yeah, it's good now, but it's taken quite a long time, you good. know? Good. Yeah, yeah. Where are you? I'm in Romford in Essex. Oh, okay, okay. Or Essex, East London, you know. Yeah. Um, is it Fandango Kid or The Fandango Kid? Oh, either. Either's okay. <laughs> okay. Um, are you known as Annie or just Fandango Kid? No, what? no. Please call me Annie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but some people do call me Fandango, actually. But call me, yeah, whatever you want. Call me whatever. Well, let's, let's start by the name. Where does Fandango Kid come from? Oh, it just, it, it comes from, because um, when, I, when I was graduating, I really wanted to, I've always really wanted to make work about like the human condition, people's secrets, you know, all these things. And I thought I'd like to have a bit of distance between my real name and and that, just because I, I like, yeah, like making work about kind of intimacy and sort of telling stories and stuff. And I thought it might be good to have a bit of distance from from that. And then I just was having a chat with my dad one day when he was alive and we were watching, or he was watching, there's like a Western film called The Durango Kid. And my mommy's called me Fandango. And he just, I think, you know, like real moment of like, would you just like shut up? Cause I'm watching this kind of just yeah. two together and it actually stuck. So yeah, it was kind of, it was just really by chance actually, but, um, but it did. Good yeah. name did just it but I kind of now I'm like oh god I'm nearly 14 it feels a bit weird I feel like maybe I should kind of just move on from it but it's really hard to like get a new identity so I don't know so but, the yeah. Fandango kid the name really sits well with your type of work doesn't it 
think? Do you think? Yeah, I, very I, much so. Yeah, I'm not quite. I quite like to sort of move forward, sort of bit more seriousness. So I don't know. Like I'm. Yeah, it's really hard to make that change at a certain point, you know. Yeah, but it's a persona, isn't it? Yeah. As well as a name. So yeah. I don't know whether you feel the difference when you're talking as Fernando Kid <laughs> or as Annie Nicholson. It's really imp- I think it's really important, you know, I think, it, yeah, and I think it's good to have that kind of alter ego as well and let go and all of that. No, it's interesting. I think it's also kind of, I don't know, I think at the time when I first started, it took me a really long time to make work and to make work publicly anyway, because my, I was, um, so as I graduated, like about a year later, as I was just sort of getting on my feet, my, my my mum and my sister were killed in an accident and I just well sorry yeah and I just and I and and I just couldn't like I just so I I just couldn't make work for such a long time and like publicly and it took me like years and years and years and then when I finally did I was making um like a lot of work about about this 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 terrible kind of grief and um and it actually took so they had died and my sister's partner as well and then my dad also died within that five-year gap and as he died as when I started to so I'd lost you know almost all of my family and as he as he died I then started to put make work kind of publicly and sort of tell some of these stories and leave sort of yeah I guess odes to to them and and on this sort of big pain and loss and and having that that alter ego or that name was well for one I was putting up like paste ups on the streets I didn't really want to put my actual name and then two that was the sort of first thing and it was felt quite urgent and I really wanted to sort of tell these stories of like grief and sort of and then yeah and then I guess yeah the content was really painful so so yeah so it was it's been a good little bridge between myself and and that that kind of pain and especially where it stems from your mother and father as well during conversation yeah. and yeah, yeah exactly it's beautiful, That's beautiful. Exactly. yeah yeah exactly yeah so yeah. I do have several questions Annie that I ask each guest yeah the first being how would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work um well it's it's a bit difficult because it's it's never it's quite um like multidisciplinary I guess there's lots of different it's all a lot of it is like narrative driven so a lot of text a lot of storytelling but on in different kind of formats and platforms so I guess yeah telling stories about why we're here or why I think we might be here the human condition and lots of like yeah investigations into why we behave how we do and you know just thoughts really no nothing prescriptive um, but storytelling I guess colour and pattern seem to be the um the the most visual um element of your work yeah yeah I think very happy work if you if you don't mind me saying well yeah I think the contrast is you know that the colour and the pattern is is yeah you know really kind of vibrant and I sort of grew up with like yeah quite like kind of sharp dressing family and parents and stuff but and quite eccentric you know particularly my dad but um but the content is is quite a clash you know the content's quite heavy often um although it's it's become it's changed a lot um over the last couple of years as I've kind of moved through 
a lot of grief but um so it's yeah it's really changing it's actually just it's changing loads at the moment which is which is actually really nice not making any work about grief anymore if it, well if, if you don't mind me just asking what your work is very <laughs> colorful full of pattern and and as i just mentioned it's, it has got a happy vibe how did that marry if you're all right talking about this i don't want to intrude it's only because it came up in conversation how did that work with grief um, I think for I think at first when it was I mean and it's still you know a lot of the work still is very public like public art public sort of commissions and that kind of thing so I think <laughs> and I do get asked to do a lot of stuff around grief and loss um, still and and I think it's quite surprising because what might draw you in kind of colour and pattern wise and might sort of attract you to something when you kind of get there you know that there are all of these other layers around you know and and invitations to have a dialogue about something that is probably a bit unexpected at first and and maybe a bit more complex than you might have imagined when you just see something really bright from a distance so I think I kind of quite enjoy that surprise but at the same time I don't you know it would never um for someone to be taken off guard so you can you can still access it in many different ways you can just enjoy yeah the 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 visual sort of element of it or you can choose to engage with it in a on a deeper level um so yeah there's there's a hope that there's lots of different kind of ways to access the work but it's, it's, it's a great thing is to be able to um twist someone's emotion isn't it or their expectation rather twist their expectation because they see something that is very quite colorful and, and happy and go towards it then find out what the narrative is and then they sort of jump on board don't they you know and and I everyone's agree. got that or well, most people have got that experience themselves so they can relate to it can't they you know yeah and it's been really interesting like making these um making sort of public work and working with um charities and you know programmers to kind of think about how we might like engage people and and you know make them feel comfortable and safe to talk about these kinds of things and I guess like I'm yeah I'm still I probably will always be interested in that creating these sorts of spaces for people because when I when I had all of these losses there there really wasn't anything like that available and there was such a like long lonely hard period um and just you know really frightening I think and, yeah. and I think if yeah I just sort of thought you know oh it could be really amazing to sort of you know to ch- try and contribute to changing this conversation a bit because actually yeah it is it is something that is going to come to everybody maybe not in quite as a sort of traumatic hopefully traumatic way that it sort of happened to me but but who knows you know I, I never thought that would ever happen and of course so, so I think, yeah, if it, I, I hope that it contributes to sort of changing something for people. You know, we are, we speak so much more now, so much more openly about mental health, about all these taboo things that we never used to speak about. Um, and we just, you know, traditionally kind of just... Yeah, well, that's why it's so many of us, exactly. That's why so many of us carry around all that bloody baggage is because... Yeah. The generation before have taught us not to bloody talk about it. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Put it all away, and in in the end, you just end up fucking imploding, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And and you're right. We just I was just talking about this with a friend the other day, like this sort of generational 
I mean, it doesn't have to be trauma, but generational baggage stuff, whatever you want to call it, that you carry all the way through and at what, at what point you break it, because actually breaking it is like loads of work. It's really tiring. It's probably quite expensive because it's a lot of therapy. Like it's, you know, but it's so great if you can. Yeah. Well, it's, it's taken us a lifetime to get where we are, carrying that baggage. You can't just sort of offload it in one go, can you? It's no. going to take a long time to, to get no. rid of it, yeah. And I think, you know, we hold it because, like, you know, th there are reasons for it. Like, you know, we, we're just, you know, depending on where you, what time you grew up in, we're sort of thinking, I was talking about this, and, yeah, like how nothing was, you know, nothing was really talked about on an emotional level my parents or my grandparents or you know it and it came out in so many other ways that yeah it just it's really really good to do the work of breaking it but it's no small feat it's like no. you know. well we decided um I've, I've got children that are 15 and 18 a girl and a boy the boy being 18 and i, I decided very consciously to try <laughs> my best to be open and and different to what my parents or, or I grew up with a single parent like, try to make that change you know be positive be open and it does show with how my children have grown up compared to me at that age you know they're, they're a lot more open a lot more bloody happy you know and yeah it's uh it does make a difference you know yeah yeah that's that's fantastic I think it's really you know I guess it's it's a brave you've got to be quite comfortable and have yeah understood a lot about yourself to be open I guess with your with your kids right because you've got to be vulnerable definitely did you have creativity in home growing up yeah we did um we did but I think so my dad like my dad was like yeah born in like 1940 in Blackpool when left school at like 15 went into the navy didn't really um he wanted, I think he probably, I think there were a few stories that he, where he wanted to be, he wanted to do something creative, like he was really good at drawing and technical drawing and and he was just kind of told that that would never kind of work out for him. And I think that some of that got passed through, like they were really, my parents were really fit, fearful about like, both of them, like, you know, okay, great, like, but how are you going to make any money? It was always like, how are you going to make money? Yeah, I think I think probably ninety five percent of the artists I speak to on here was was told that by their parents. Really? Yeah. Really? Definitely. Oh, that's interesting. That's that's that makes me kind of makes me feel a bit more comforted. Yeah, get like, something to fall back on. Yeah, get something to fall back. On. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always that, isn't it? But I guess that's probably you know. I mean, God, it's yeah. It is. Um, it's it's just it's it's not wrong what they're saying. No, you know, no, it's they're, no. they're speaking from the mind, we're speaking from the heart. It's yeah, you know, there's, a, there's a difference in between. They're probably also, you know, like, well, if it all goes on, we're not going to pay for it. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, I discovered art well late in life, you know. Did you? Yeah, yeah I, okay. I didn't discover it until I was 28 or okay. 27 or something like that. That's still quite, that's still quite young, though. But even then, when I wanted to start a degree like you know I fell in love with art and wanted to sort of yeah go forward and be an artist all of my mates were going well you could be a tattooist or a sign writer because yeah, that's as right. far as the working class creative went you know they didn't right, the right. of an artist that was for the uh for the middle classes you know as far as we was concerned 
Yeah, it's. I think it's. I guess that's like wanting to assign like a, yeah a kind of skill rather than a than a yeah. practice. And I remember hearing that kind of thing a lot as well. You know, like. Well, my, I think my auntie said to me, "Oh, because at the times like I really was always drawing, like doing all these dress ups and drawing clothes and stuff." And she's like, "Well, you'll never be a fashion designer because you're no good at maths." You know, this kind of like weird <laughs> thinking, and it stays with you, you know. Yeah. And and you just sort of think a lot of this stuff is set out of fear, or yeah. ignorance, or, or whatever. Yeah, um, they're only they're only trying to protect you, but at the same time, throwing them little nuggets of negativity at you. Some of them can. Some land, grow, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's weird, isn't it? It's, yeah. But I guess, I do think if you kind of want something enough, you get there in the end anyway. Um, so where was it you grew up? In what, what area? Oh, in a tiny little village. Um, in It was close to, well, close to Oxford, um, but like really tiny. Um, my mum and dad, yeah, they, I don't know how they like, found that or whatever but they met they met in my in my granddad's butcher's shop um <laughs> <laughs> yeah after, after romance across the pork chops when their eyes literally, met <laughs> literally my mom was making sausages just divorced, and um she was supposed to pay my dad a check so my dad used to work with my granddad and uh yeah and then it was literally like on the day that he asked her out i think so and then they they ended up finding a place I don't know like yeah this little tiny village that to be honest with you I couldn't wait to to leave I really didn't find it really narrow and quite weird out there but um <laughs> yeah also it's really like really really beautiful but this this was not this was like I'm just telling you I'm just sort of explaining for like geography you know for geographical yeah. it was really it was so yeah I mean, you know, look, the worst places to grow up for sure, but it was just um, really narrow-minded, like really like... Well, no one's got the experience. The community hasn't got the experiences of a, of a city, have they, you know? No, no, no. And I just couldn't wait to leave. I was always like, obsessed by, like, I just wanted to have adventures, you know? That's, that's, that's all right. And where did you move to, to for your adventure? So I, so I left um, at, like... 18 my sister who passed away was living in Sydney so I went to live with her for a bit nice. and then I went to uni in Brighton and I didn't I I really like Brighton but and then went to, I did a year in Paris as part of my degree came back moved to London and I've pretty much been there ever since like set for like some long periods back and forth yeah. in New York nice. yeah but so you definitely found your excitement yeah, 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 yeah. It's been really, you know, I just, I would never, ever live in a village, ever, never. <laughs> it sounds like it's proper scarred you, Annie. Yeah, I just, <laughs> you know, I don't, yeah, would, it's just, oof, yeah, no thanks. Not even back to retire in your, in your no old way. age? No way. <laughs> I mean, not in this country. I think <laughs> there's like, I wouldn't, I don't mind like, you know, sort of rural, Thing in another country because there's a bit of a tuning out you yeah, know like yeah. you don't if you yeah not understanding every single nuance but wow. here no fucking way <laughs> <laughs> uh, when did you realize you wanted to be an artist many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, I think it's weird because there's, like, studying and then there's, like, really, like, being, you know, living that and having that as your practice and... It's a weird thing because I think you have to like kind of affirm it every every day, really. Like I think it's there's still there's some days when I find it like oh god, it's not moving fast enough, and I find it really like there's some days when I really don't know if I can carry on doing it, or it feels like really. But I think probably after my fam- after my dad died, and um, I felt like I'd lost so much in my life that it was like, okay, all your fears now, like there's basically nothing else to lose because you kind of lost, like all your worst fears have kind of realised. So if you, if you do this and you lose this, then who actually cares? Because, you know, it's all, there's been so much that you've already, like you're still alive. Amazing. You know, like, well, just go for it then kind of thing. So there 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 was a like, a fearlessness that I never had before because um I've always been quite like cautious and a bit of a like little nerd really but then this happened <laughs> and something just started to run through me that was that was quite fearless yeah nice it's as if it's a message from beyond isn't it telling you to get your arse in gear and yeah crack on. yeah brilliant. yeah it's yeah, weird because I still you know I still hear them you know very much so you know with if I'm worried, because I do like worry about yeah money and about you know we all do, but like balancing things, and I do I hear grown up stuff. Yeah, I hear <laughs> them a lot. With you know, there's a lot of them, you know, running Good. through. But yeah, Good. yeah, they're they're still with you on the journey. That's yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, I mean sometimes a little a little too much. So, <laughs> Leave me alone. Like, in my Give ears. me a bit of peace. <laughs> <will you? laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and which which piece that you've created do you think has got the strongest emotional connection? Oh God, I think um well the, the, this this show that we're taking to New York is really meaningful to me because that is where my where I lost um a lot of my family. So um yeah, like and it's and it mark it marks the ten year anniversary of, of that loss and it's sort of happening in an area where close to where they died and I've been working towards it for such a long time the idea is you know to um yeah it's an installation that encourages conversations around grief and loss it's you know really site specific and it's really meaningful to me that well one that I'm still that I've survived this and two that I could maybe do something that might be useful for other people and I hope it is I'm not assuming that it is but I've heard that it that it's been useful so where and when is that um so it's happening um it's in it's in Battery Park just in front of World Trade Center and it's happening from the 6th to the 10th of October 
Um, and it's it's called Fandango Skip. He's working with Skip Gallery, um, who you may or may not know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I've worked with them myself. I, I had my, I was lucky enough to have my own skip at this time last year. Did you? Amazing, amazing. Oh, yeah. I absolutely love from the moment I saw them. Sorry to to stop you in your tracks there, but no, they're amazing. The, I've I've said this to Catherine and Lee. From yeah. the moment I saw the skip gallery, my when I first saw the skip gallery in Hoxton Square. I fell in love with the whole concept like that. It was They're amazing. Brilliant. They're brilliant. really amazing. Really love them a lot. And um, yeah, I totally can understand why that would, you know, you guys would get along. So yes, yeah, so it's called the Fandango Skip. Um, and this one's called the Fandango Skip on tour. And it's um and it in that it's going to New York and we just changed it up a little bit, but it's like we don't want to call it the Fandango dumpster either, because it's like well. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, I'm working with them and working with some architects called Corkin, who um I have worked with a bit this year, who are really amazing. They do a lot of sustainable um architecture and they're just really lovely people as well. Um, so it's been a really nice collaboration. Uh, we did it in London, and then we're taking it to, to New and, York. I mean, yeah. I do I do know the skipping question, but to visualise it for the listener, what would they be likely to see? Um, so yeah, so it's well, it's serving ice cream as a way to kind of have conversations around grief and mental health, and it's I guess the palette is very kind of eighties Miami ice cream, if that means anything. So like lots of pastels, lots of checkerboard, like quite yeah, quite sort of eighties tones, like minty, you know, kind of yeah, pinks, lilacs, sort of peach, but with some good checkerboard, yeah. And it is built upon a skip with a yeah. mirror image skip as a roof yeah so this one is going to be like a kind of uh like a, it's kind of like rectangular and you can sit inside it and it has a little roof on the top um where you can do like talks and workshops and participate in the program which is led by this um charity called the lost project who are also amazing um, and we're working with like lots of yeah local New Yorkers to encourage these conversations around grief and mental health and talks and yeah it's it's a really interesting program um, and we're hoping that it will really help people. So the American equivalent to a skip is it like what we see on the um, on the films? Is it one of those like them Euro bins like the <laughs> square <laughs> thing on wheels? Yeah, pretty much, yeah, 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 yeah with, yeah, with yeah. the lids, not yeah. like ours, which are I don't even. Shaped called of ours. It's like a um, trapezium. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's a skip so. shape. Yeah. Um, yeah. Trapezium or a parallelogram. Anyway, it's. Um, We've anyway. both worked with skips. We really should know. Yeah, we, we? Should know this. <laughs> we should know this. But I'll yeah. edit it to make us sound really intelligent. Uh, yeah, I think it's a trapezium, you know. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so no, but this is, this is like a yeah, big kind of rectangle container. Um, I think there's yeah, it, it's 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 a much bigger space than than uh, which is good because you know we can hold more people for talks and things. But and it's going to the site. So it's it's uh, it's going to be built and painted um, there. So it's going to be built in like Queens somewhere. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, and then it's going to go to World Trade Center um, and uh, be there for a week. And yeah. And are you going to be there? 
yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go for a few days yeah um and um hopefully not be too involved in that much stuff but just like be there which would be nice um yeah yeah i'm really i'm really proud of it and i'm proud of this beautiful collaboration because it's been so great to you know to yeah it's been so nice when you work with people where it really works you know i saw your skip being made when Catherine first posted the um oh, i think it was like a sketch of it wasn't it she put up first of all yeah yeah amazing I mean, oh yeah she, uh, yeah no it's it was that was quite a like yeah a, a big job actually we really kind of were quite yeah, overwhelmed by that. But, yeah, um, and and I see, I followed it being being built. You you put images up as well, didn't you? Of it, of yeah, it being built and coming together, yeah. superb. But I yeah. didn't know that was the narrative behind it. To be honest, yes, yes, beautiful. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And um, yeah. yeah, quite quite a thing to go on to. And talking about grief, you, you couldn't get a better place to to put it in front of what was there, eh? Absolutely. Yeah, it's really, um, it's it's really interesting because we've had, when we've been sort of signing this off, we've had loads of conversations with the people commissioning it about just how we talk about grief, how we talk about this collectively, how deeply sensitive it is, you know, um, for, 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 yeah, you know, being in this particular site for New Yorkers and, you know, and how we do this and how we sort of navigate yeah. this and, we're working with people with a real, you know, with New Yorkers who have a real sensitivity to to this experience. But um, and I and I think you know we don't want to do anything that's like forceful or prescriptive. We just want to um, contribute, you know. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah, let them take the lead of their own conversation if they choose to. If they choose to. Exactly. Yeah. Brilliant. Exactly. Brilliant. And and that is when so from the sixth to tenth. Oh, it's it's very soon, isn't it? Very soon. The sixth to tenth. Wow. Yeah, I know. I've got like lists just backed up here of like really dull lists, but like yeah. And is it going on tour after after there? I would love it too. Um, I don't I don't know if it will or not. Um, I we haven't got anything in place at the moment. I'd love it to kind of go through the US, but. Um, this has been so tiring to kind of get it get it to New York that I haven't made any plans for its afterlife yet. And you mentioned the Lost Project. Are you doing it in association with the Lost Project? Yeah, or... yeah, yeah. So I met um, Carly, who runs the Lost Project, a couple of, back maybe a year ago. And, and sorry, could you just tell us what the Lost Project is? What they're about? Yeah, so um, they are uh, yeah a charity that that kind of does a lot of work around grief, like individual and collective grief, and 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 mental health associated with like with loss and trauma, um, and they're just yeah amazing, doing amazing work um, in London and, and beyond, and um, the, they have programmed the London Skip um in Greenwich and Canary Wharf and they kind of continue to program a wider New York show so yeah that just it's been a real like joy meeting them uh, meeting Carly particularly just really sensitive and incredible yeah and if, if you're going to talk about grief you, you you know looking at something that that colorful and bright you you're starting on a on an upward step yeah, I think so. And I think, again, you know, people probably will be drawn to it and not quite know. And then, you know, um, maybe stay or maybe, you know, the other thing is that it serves ice cream. So, you know, with a view to kind of open up conversations in a more yeah. like, calm and joyful or 
calm kind of way so that it's not forceful yeah has fandango kid got her own flavor <laughs> i think it's uh i think we've chosen we've chosen a few actually yeah there yeah there's some good there's some really good flavors actually. <laughs> yeah we're gonna change them every day so you know we've got, yeah. yeah a question that i do have here annie if there was you and five other artists past and present what would your ideal group show be oh my god I mean the dream do you mean like the dream dream group show yeah I'd like um I'd like Sophie Kell for sure nice Keith Haring um Jenny Holzer probably um and I have to have a think about the others but you know yeah there's yeah I I, I love them my them my kind of thing good that's a that's a good bunch to be around yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, all sitting there. Um, yeah, ordering ice cream. <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> what do you reckon you'd like to do if you wasn't an artist, Annie? Uh oh my god. I think I like to. I'd like to be a therapist, but I probably would be like probably wouldn't be the best therapist. Probably, <laughs> really. I really like to be. <laughs> and and where what do you think would get in your way of of not being the best? Probably to really try and dig in a bit to come, you know, a bit too soon. Probably <laughs> yeah. Tell me more. Tell yeah. me more. Like really forceful, probably, and that might not go down well. Yeah. Yeah. While they're sitting in the chair and you're laying on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's superb. <laughs> um, I mean, other than the Fandango skip, do you have anything else coming up? Um, there's another project that I'm that I'm like trying to work on for 2023, which is a little dance, like mini disco, like a traveling like kind of mini club that I'm working on at the moment um, with the idea that, again, like dance kind of therapy. So kind of movement as a way of like, yeah, just having a, a dance floor where you can bring anything to it and um, shake it out. So that's my next project. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. And, and are you a dancer yourself? I love I love dancing, but that's about all I can say. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. whether you're any good at it or not, <laughs> yeah. it's a different kettle of fish. Yeah, no, I do love dancing. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I mean that that should be clipping on the end of or approaching the end of this podcast. But could I ask you just before, which is something I forgot earlier on, I might even snip it in and make it sound like I'm a good interviewer. <laughs> Could you tell us about the Staircase of Dreams? Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So that was um, 2020 London Design Festival. Uh, it was a part of, I don't know, there's like a, sort of a trail in like East London Trail yeah. or something. Um, but the, the focus was um, we, we did all of the kind of work, like the preparation work on Zoom because we were in a lockdown. So um, the focus was, um kind of daily activism young people and speaking to them about like ways of coping with isolation and potential kind of loss in in this time and so we had all of these different all of these zooms for like a couple of months so we'd speak to different groups of young people who went to the college because it was at Walton Forest College um and we just yeah we wanted to at the time they needed to make like a kind of socially distant um covid safe staircase 
like quite complicated and yeah and all of the narrative really came from speaking to the young people um about modes of coping and being resilient and being yeah kind of politically active and just engaged and and it was a really interesting time and quite impressive like for for everybody that that it was that it managed to kind of be pulled off um under the circumstances and even the launch of it was we had like a bunch of new restrictions so we had to like stand in groups of six like yeah. everything was like really weird yeah. and impressive that we that like a dystopian environment yeah but we still did it and you know like every part of that project even the install like people were like isolated you know it was like but we still did it and i was yeah. really impressed by people's kind of commitment you know to Brilliant. yeah it's really amazing really great love that project and people everyone involved and where was it placed it was on the stairs to was it the town uh, hall or was that the college it's the college next to the town hall oh, yeah. in yeah. yeah it was um it was a wide how wide are those stairs 30 feet uh, wide yeah about that probably should know it's probably like implanted in my brain <laughs> and it's a big it's probably a 1950s building but it's, it's got the columns and a, a massive yeah. wide entrance hasn't it yeah so it was quite a thing to to paint them um and it took a long time to kind of sign off and it was a lot back and forth but um but it was I'm really glad we did and um and it brought a lot of kind of joy I think to the area and and I would think it brought a lot of joy to the individuals as well doing it at that time when yeah. you know, when there's all those restrictions in order yeah the stuff that we did kind of do in lockdown was was yeah there was a real thrill to it because you just yeah you know you that you had to really really want to do something yeah i agree yeah yeah it's it really you know we painted a school when no one was there or like you know it was really like yeah yeah, crazy to think back on. Yeah. Well, where can anyone see the Fandango Kid, be it social media or um or website? Yeah, so you can yeah, you can just uh find me on at Fandango Kid, fandangokid.com. And you can also see me in person on Thursday and Friday, but that might be irrelevant, give depending on when this comes out. So. <laughs> this, ain't, this ain't gonna be out for quite a little while, actually. <laughs> Forget but, that. but how did your open studios go a couple of days after we spoke? <laughs> <laughs> that was great, yeah, we sold loads of work. <laughs> and is it is that we're doing you're selling there as well? Yeah, just try I want to get rid of loads of stuff so that Good. I can start making some new stuff it's good so. to have a little clear out isn't it? yeah a real clear out yeah <laughs> brilliant well annie thank you for your time i really thank do appreciate you, you. and thank uh you. Yeah. I, I wish you all the all the very best for the the 6th to the 10th over there thank you so and, uh, much yeah. yeah i hope it's not uh too much of a rocky journey going back over there again for you yeah thanks i wish so you all much. the best of luck all right thank see you, you later so annie much. thank really you nice very much you. bye bye well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. If you're unable to support us on Patreon, leaving a review on whichever platform you listen to this podcast really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast, or even giving us a positive shout-out on your social media. Anything is appreciated, but either way, thanks for listening, and until next week, ta-da.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.